Forgive me, I was waiting for my sign, my, my little go-to there that it's time for me to go. Um, my name is Wendy. Um, I know many of you and I've met many of you, um, but there's a lot of you I do not know. And so, and you're far, far away. I can't see some of you very well. Um, but I'm real excited to be here. My heart was just stirred so much with that song. I could have just sat there for a few minutes and just basked, basked in God's love. Um, and I don't know each of your stories. I wish I had time to hear every story in this room. Um, but this one thing I do know without doubt is God loves you. And he knows your name. And he knows your story. And he knows all about you and what you're going through. And at this conference, I know that you, to come here, um, you had to make some sacrifices. I know that. Um, time is sacrifice. I know because I don't have much time. And it seems like the older I get, the less time I have. And we're all so busy. You would think today in the day of microwave ovens and, um, you know, butter that we just get out of the refrigerator instead of having to make it for ourselves, you would think that we could, you know, our instant rice would just make life easier for us. But it seems like we're busier than ever. And um, it's just the very fast-paced world we live in. But I'm very thankful for each of you for taking the time out to come to a ladies' conference. Um, I know it's not easy, and I know sometimes we think, oh, we don't have time, but I'm just, I know how much we need it as women. We need to get with other ladies and encourage each other in the Lord. And so to kind of open us up and get it, kind of break the ice, um, a couple of things I want to do. If you're a pastor's wife, could you stand up? All pastors, I'm sorry, I know you just got comfortable. Forgive me. All pastor's wives, stand up. Okay, yay. Lots of them. Um, if, you, if your pastor's wife just stood up and you saw her, I want you to tell me something great about her. So somebody raise your hand and tell me something great about your pastor's wife. Okay, all the way back there in the back. Go. Yes. You raised your hand. Amen. Amen. And very not functional. <laughs> That's because she's a very busy woman. That's why. All right. Let me have another one right here. Yes. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, right here, right in the middle. Um, yep. Amen. Okay, I'm going to stop because I know we could go on forever and I do have a session to teach, okay? But whatever you were thinking about saying just now, will you do me a favor? Will you say it to your pastor's wife today? Um, it's just a burden of my heart because I feel like so many times, you know, we, our pastor's wives only hear from us when, we're not, when they're not doing something right instead of when they are doing something right. 
And so, you know, ladies, I'm just here to tell you, we need to edify each other. The world does everything it can to tear us down. And let's face it, the devil climbs up on our shoulders every single day and tells us how inadequate we are. And so we need to build each other up. We need to learn to um, use our words to build each other up. And I don't mean flattery. I mean encouragement. My pastor's wife is Diane Kingsbury, and she has been the pastor's wife in our church for over 30 years. She is a mother of 12, and I don't need to say anything else because we're all in awe right now. Um, But she has eight of her own and four that they adopted, her nieces and nephews, when her brother and sister-in-law went to heaven. And she has a, a handicapped child who's in her 30s that she still takes care of. But she is the most hospitable woman I have ever met in my life. If you've ever been in the home of Diane Kingsbury, you feel warmth, you feel love, you feel well-fed, and you just feel like you've just met the queen. And so I'm so thankful for my pastor's wife. And I'm thankful for all of you pastor's wives. Thank you for what you do. I know what you do. I've been a pastor's wife. So I know it's not always easy, and I know you share your husband with the world, and as do I. And in this time, my husband's gone so often, he was just gone for three and a half weeks to the Philippines. I'm just going to tell you the truth. The first week, I do okay, because I'm going to get so much done, you know, I have all these plans. And then my, by the second week and the second big snowstorm, I'm starting to get a little cranky, because, you know, I'm tired of shoveling the snow by myself. And... On the third week, I'm just flat out whining every single day. So I do really good with one week, but beyond that, not so well. Did everybody get a handout? You have a handout. You should have one from me that says Renew at the Spa. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about this morning. Does anyone need a handout? Okay, I have a couple of ladies up here. Is there anybody near the back that might be able to help them get some? Is there anyone? There, I've got some ladies moving to get some. Keep your hands up, if you will, so they know who to bring it to. Um, they're, they're going out to get them. They'll come right back. I'll let you know when they're coming. Give your arm a rest. Here they come. They're coming in with them now, so keep your hands up. They're fast. Um, while they're doing that, I'm going to go over a couple. While they're getting these, there's some ladies up here clear in the front, ladies, and a few in the back. I'm going to mention some of the books in the back. That's over there in the room. Ladies, go to that. I've already been there. I already bought books. Don't worry, not my own. That would be weird. I bought other books that's in there. I love to read. There's biographies in there, ladies. If you've not read the biographies that are in that room, I, I, I highly recommend get them and read them. There's books on parenting. I'm a mother of adult children. I just bought a book on parenting because you're never done. You're just never done. And all my children are grown now. I've I've reached a new phase of my life since the last time I was here. Um, My children are all adults, and I I have no grandbabies yet, though. That's just wrong. Um, I'm starting to get a little bitter, but it's okay. I do have a grand puppy. Um, So I just thank God for that. But my... The, the biggest change in my life as of recent is, um, was this last summer was a very tough summer. Um, my, my father had a heart attack on June 16th, another one. And um, in June, as of June 16th, we basically spent every day in the hospital. I had to fly home from Sacramento knowing he was in the hospital, not knowing what I'd find when I got home. God gave us two more months with my dad in and out of the hospital. Um, The last week of his life, he came home on hospice. He was so happy to come home. 
And that last week, my dad celebrated his 76th birthday, and my parents celebrated their 54th anniversary. And their anniversary was on Thursday. My dad's birthday was on Saturday. Our family got together. And on Monday, my dad went home to be with Jesus. And um, God's grace is amazing. And it is sufficient. And it is abundant when you need it. And um, it, it was precious to me during that time and still is. Um, but since then, my mom has come to live with that. So just, my husband says, just when I got an empty nest, in comes the mother-in-law. Um, and I had one year that I traveled a lot with my husband, and now I'm staying home a lot because I need to take care of my mom. So we're still in and out of the hospital a lot. So her name is Pat. If you will pray for her, she has a wound right now on her leg with a wound vac that we cannot get to heal. And so please pray for her and pray for me as I learn to adjust to this new phase of my life. But there's some books out there. I just want to tell you um, a worthy model. The first book that Brother Steve Carrington said, please put that in a book. It's Proverbs 31, dissected and defined. Every single verse, I have to tell you the truth, I hated the 31st day of the month. Every month when the 31st would roll around, I did not want to read that chapter because that was superwoman and I can't be anything like her and I thought I was supposed to be just like her. And the Lord gave me the opportunity to teach this series and God taught me so much. And so I recommend that book. There's also a teacher guide version out there that, with handouts that you can do in a Bible study with your ladies. Finding Security in an Insecure World. My favorite book in the, best, in the Bible is Esther. You can read about Esther and find out who, through her circumstances, she should have had a lot of insecurity. But God gave her great security through him. And you, we can read the end of her chapter. So we know what happens at the end of her life. I know you're going through it right now. You don't know, you know you're once upon a time, but you don't know the end. And right now, probably where you're at, it could be very insecure feeling. And a lot of women, we live that way. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But God can give you that security, and you can find strength in, his, in the refuge of him. And so that's finding security in an insecure world. Two little books. You say, but I don't want to read a biography because I don't like to read. Okay, I did it for you. These two little books are called Victim or Victorious, and each one is about seven different women in history. I read their biographies. I know their stories. I read about their lives, and I put it in a little nutshell. And I did that because people like Susanna Wesley, Corey Ten Boom, Amy Carmichael, we think, oh, Fanny Crosby, we think, oh, wow, these great Christians, look at all they did. But if they lived today, I guarantee you somebody would have given them a, a label, a, a victim. They're a victim. And too many of us ladies are living the victim lifestyle, the victim mentality. Oh, woe is me. Oh, look what happened to me. And I know. I, I work in our you. I work in our ladies' home where women tell me their stories, and sometimes I can't wrap my head around it, what their fathers did to them. I get it. We bad, we, there's some bad things out there, and there's some bad stories, and there's some bad testimonies. But you can live victoriously. You don't have to be a victim. And one of the things that helps me with that is reading the stories of women who have gone on before, like Hebrews chapter 11, why God gives us that chapter in the Bible. And he says, wherefore seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run our race. And by reading their stories, it helps me run my race and helps me to trust him for my tomorrow. So those are some books you can look at up there. I'm going to go ahead now and I'm going to read my verse. Create in me a clean heart, O God and renew a right spirit within me. 
We've all talked about it already this morning. We've seen that. And isn't this beautiful? Doesn't everything look great? And all these wonder, the things that this church has gone through to the links and, and the refreshments. And you're in for a treat all day today. And, um, but this, this word, renew. Um, I'm going to share some things with you today that I hope will be a blessing to you. I need somebody who's going to help me that will watch the clock. And I need to know when it's 9.50. Can somebody, thank you, please. Um, if I make sure that I acknowledge you, okay? So let me read the verse again. Verse number 10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Today, to help us all renew, I'm going to take us to the spa. How many of you have ever been to a spa? How many of you need to go to a spa? If you didn't have your hand up the first time, let me tell you, you need to raise it the second time, okay? It is wonderful. Every year, my pastor takes our staff to a staff retreat, and he, and he meets with all the men, and he sends all the ladies to the spa. And I feel so pampered, and so you can get a massage, or you can get a pedicure, or you can get a manicure. You pick which one. And oh my word, I just feel so good after that trip to the spa. And so today I'm going to take you on a little spa trip with Jesus, okay? So let's open up in a word of prayer and ask the Lord to meet with us. Dear Jesus, I love you so much and I thank you for this opportunity. Lord, I pray now that you would remove me. Lord, I don't want it to be my words. I want it to be only what you would have me to say. God, I pray that you speak to my heart. Speak to the hearts of the ladies in here, Lord. Let them feel your love. Well, Lord, help us as we talk about your word today, Lord. Help us to hear what you want each one of us to hear. Lord, help us to forget about our responsibilities for a few minutes and, and what's in the crock pot or what we have to cook when we get home or what the kids are doing. Lord, help us to forget about everything for just a few minutes and help us to hear from you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Okay, number one, the letter S. It's a little acronym. I did it. So it's, you can write it down. You can put it away. You can pull it out later if you want to. But here's number one, ladies, and I hope this is my favorite one. You ready? sit still. Okay, I know it's hard for us to do this, isn't it? But the truth is, when you go to a spa, they're not going to chase you around to do your pedicure, okay? <laughs> Think about it. As you're running through the spa and they're trying to get to you and they're not going to chase you with those little clippers. Come here, can I, can, come here, come here, come here. Can you hear those little Asian ladies now chasing you all over the place? <laughs> trying to, I don't mean anything bad by that, but that's the lady who does my, my pedicure. She's a great little grandma and I love her, but she speaks in that accent and she's precious. But, um, and in Rockford, you can get it for $15, only $15 on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. If you're in town, come see me. I'll tell you where to go. But you got to sit still. There's three verses I want to share with you. Luke chapter 10, 38 and 42 is the perfect example, Mary and Martha. You know the story. I'm, for sake of time, I'm not going to read it, but you know what happened. Jesus stopped by unexpectedly. And there's two sisters, Mary and Martha. They live there with Lazarus, their brother, and Lazarus isn't there, just Mary and Martha. And what happens when Jesus stops by? Martha gets all worked up. Oh my goodness, we have company. I can so relate to this. You know, you're, somebody knocks on the door and you're like shoving things in a closet. And I do have good news for you. When the kids are all gone, it doesn't happen so much anymore. But I still have to pick up after my husband, you know, the little trail of clothes all the way to our room, you know, as his tie comes off and his coat and stuff. But we all do that when somebody stops by. So that's exactly what Martha did. She's all cumbered about much serving, the Bible said. 
And that's exactly how we get. We get cumbered about much servant. You know, she's going, oh, that, you know, that noise that we all do. Oh, you know, oh, my goodness, how am I going to get this done? And she's fixing something in the kitchen, and, she, and then she starts complaining. You know, Jesus, aren't you going to make my sister bid her that she help me? Because what did Mary do? Jesus stopped by, and she sat still. She sat at his feet, and she listened. And ladies, I want to take you to the spa today, but I'm here to tell you, if you want to have this renewal that we're talking about, you've got to learn to sit at his feet and hear his words. You've got to open up your words. He's not, he, he will stop by your house just like he did Mary and Martha, but he's going to do it in the form of his word. So find you a quiet spot and open up his words and let him speak to your heart. And you know what the truth is? I know every single one of us in this room, that's probably our goal. That's exactly what we want to do first thing in the morning. It is our goal. But what happens? The dog starts barking because it needs to go out. The kids wake up earlier than expected. Your husband reminds you of something. Your kid says, oh, I forgot, Mom. I'm supposed to take cookies today. And you're freaking out of how you're going to. Something happens. Your telephone rings. And somebody needs you. You get a text. You make the mistake of opening up Facebook. And then you're stuck there for an hour wasting time. There's, the devil's going to make sure you have many distractions. But sometime, some way, somewhere, find a place to sit still and know that he is God. That's what Jesus said as, as he's looking at Mary and Martha. And Martha is so stressed. I, can so, I am such a Martha. Listen to what she said. It's, the Bible says that she was cumbered about much serving. And she came to him and she said, Lord, don't you care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that shall me. Make her get up. She's being lazy. She's just sitting there doing nothing. And Jesus answered her and said, Martha, Martha. Now, don't you get a little scared whenever your mom called your first name and your middle name? It's kind of what Jesus is doing here. He says her name twice. He's done this to me so many times. Wendy, Wendy. Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. Anybody else in here careful and troubled about many things? I am. My hand's up. And Jesus said this. One thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Ladies, I'm here to tell you right now, one thing is needful. Yep, there's other things you're going to have to do today, but one thing is needful. Another one of my favorite books in the Bible is the book of Ruth. I know, it's just because Esther and Ruth are the two books in the Bible named after women, but that's okay. It's still my favorite. I like to study women because I am one. And so I read the story of Ruth, and I love the story. And I'm still trying to um, wrap my head around the customs and the cultures of that time and that day. Do you ever do that when you're reading the Bible and you read something? You know, I get to that part in Ruth where she has to lay down by his feet and uncover his feet, and I'm just totally creeped out. I don't like feet. <laughs> and so I have to go study culture and figure out what in the world she was doing uncovering his feet and laying beside his feet. And come to get this, it has to do with like, it's like legality. It's like the way we sign our name on a dotted line on a, on a, on a contract today. It was similar to that with, I'm so glad we have paper. I am so glad. <laughs> but nevertheless, Naomi and her daughter Ruth had gone back to Bethlehem after their husbands had passed away. Naomi lost her sons and her husband. They go back. All of these things happening, and this bitter woman, Naomi, she even says she's bitter. She admits it. Most people, when we're bitter, we don't admit it. Oh, I'm not bitter. 
Naomi, no bones about it. I'm bitter. In fact, don't even call me Naomi. Call me Mara. That means bitter. But Naomi, even in her bitter state, gave as, she, as she, her heart started softening back to the Lord as she got back in her hometown and around people who would edify her and encourage her. She said some very wise words to Ruth. Ruth didn't know what to do. She had first met Boaz, and there's all this different culture and things. Ruth didn't grow up in church. Ruth didn't know what the right thing to do was. Ruth didn't know what she should say or how she should act or what she should do. And Naomi gave her some very wise words. And you'll find them in Ruth chapter 3, verse 18. It says this, Then said she, which is Naomi, Sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall. Ladies, those are some of the wisest words you'll ever hear. Because what happens with us when we don't know what to do, we get frantic and we make rash decisions. We do things quickly. We, we jump to a conclusion. We say things that we regret. We do so many things. Don't you wish you had a reverse button or a rewind button? I, I, I wish I had one right here. Because there's so many times I want to take back those words that just came out. Um, my daughter-in-law does it like this. She'll say, I want to go and grab them and stick them back in before anybody hears them. And the truth is, we've all been that way. But this thing of sitting still, there's something about it. And God tells us over and over again, Psalm 46, 1, be still and know that I am God. If you want to be renewed, if you want to have that time that you feel refreshed and your spirit is renewed and you, can, you have his strength and his power, and be in him, as you hear so many sermons on, take the time to sit still. I'm going to go on to number two. You need to allow him to purge you. Purging. Oh, let me say this. I forgot to say this, and I have a stars by it in my notes. You will not hear his voice unless you take the time to sit still. Can I get an amen? I know that's true in my life. If I am so busy, I don't hear his voice. The Bible refers to God's voice as a still, small voice. He's a gentleman. He's not going to beat you upside the head and make you sit down and listen. Well, there's sometimes he'll allow some things to come into your life that you have no choice but to sit still. Sometimes to lay still because you can't get out of that hospital bed. Sometimes God will use his staff as a shepherd to break the sheep's legs so that the sheep stops going astray. Sometimes God will make it so you have no choice but to be still. Don't make it go that far. Sit still. Learn to hear his voice and take that time to sit at his feet. Number letter P, allow him to purge you. This is the part that's no fun at the spa. I'm just going to be honest. I am going to tell some secrets here, but I have struggled my entire life with ingrown toenails, and they are painful, especially after wearing boots and tights all winter long. Ouch! And so I have to go get those things cut out, and it is not pleasant. And they, they also, they chip away at your cuticle, and they clip your nails. I'm picturing it like a pedicure. If you're getting a facial, they, they do that exfoliation and get all the dead skin off. Um, you get your nails done, same thing. They, they, they cut those cuticles back, and they... They, they clip away, and you know what? Same way in our lives. Sometimes God has to do some purging. And let me tell you, there's been times that I wanted my mom sitting in that pedicure chair when that ingrown toenail is there, and they're cutting it out, and oh, it hurts. 
And sometimes the same way in my life when God's trying to get something out. Oh, that hurt. And there's things that come into my life. It's not pleasant. It's not like the after effect of the spa, but it's the part that sometimes like, ouch, ouch. Sometimes it's a big ouch. Sometimes it's a little ouch. But regardless, it's not always pleasant. And the exfoliation needs to take place no matter what it is. It's time-consuming. It takes time. Again, we don't have time. But this exfoliation in our life, this purging in our life, it's also going to take time. It's also going to be painful. In that, in that portion of scripture where, where David is talking in Psalm chapter 51, he, he says earlier in the, and this is the chapter where David, um, you know, Nathan, the prophet Nathan, had approached him about his sin with Bathsheba. And he was, he was caught. He couldn't hide it anymore. And he's coming to God and he says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. And he goes on to say in verse 7, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. To purge means to cleanse or purify by separating and carrying off whatever is impure. I've had purging in my life. And sometimes it's painful. God says, I don't want that. Here, let, I need that. Let me have that. And sometimes it's not the words you want to hear. That, For me in my own personal life, it was a time that when I had some extreme purging that was extremely painful, is when I had a doctor say to me, Wendy, you're never going to be able to have children. I'm very sorry to have to be the one to tell you this. And I was only 17 years old. But the truth is, you know what? I wasn't sitting still. I had made promises to God earlier on as a teenager. I had told God my life was his to do with it what he wanted. And for some reason, I was getting close to that age 18, and I thought I had to have it all figured out. I started making my own choices, my own decisions. And guess what? My parents were okay with it. My pastor was okay with it. It wasn't necessarily what most people would think a bad decision. It was a guy I was going to get married to. It was a good guy. He was a, in my church, he was a Christian. But you know what? God said, that's not what I wanted. And I wasn't listening, though. I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't giving him time to tell me. And I ended up flat on my back in a hospital bed and hearing those dreadful words from a doctor. And for any woman, those words are horrible. But for this woman, it, was, it had a different level because I, I'm adopted I had nobody that looked like me. And I, more than anything in my life, I wanted somebody to look like. And I thought that was a selfish desire of mine because I have wonderful parents who loved me and took care of me and loved me unconditionally. I was so loved. Still am. And so I thought I was so selfish to want that. And, and yet, God got had me in that hospital room, and only God knew how much that meant to me. And I remember when the doctor left the room, my parents weren't in there. And I said, God, why? Why are you doing this to me? I, go to, I started telling God all the things I did. I started, you know, just like that publican or that Pharisee. You know, I said, God, I go to church. I read my Bible every day. I pray every day. I go soul winning. I obey my parents. I never disobey. I get good grades in school. I'm telling God all the great things I do for him. 
God, why are you doing this to me? I don't understand. You know what this means to me. And I argued with God for three hours in that hospital room. And God said, yeah, but you're not doing what you told me you do. Finally, at the end of those three hours, I said, fine, God, fine. I'll go to Bible college. If that's what I have to do to make you happy, I'll go to Bible college. And I did go to Bible college. But it wasn't Bible college. It was me yielding to the Holy Spirit and what he wanted. And the truth is, I just wasn't sitting still long enough to hear him. And I wasn't allowing him to purge and get rid of the things that he didn't want and allow him to put the things in that he did want. I wasn't listening to him. I was doing my own thing. Every man doeth that which is right in his own eyes, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Ladies, it's so easy for us to see why this path and this choice is logical, why it makes sense. But you see, here's what I'm going to tell you. Most of the time, what God wants us to do, we can't make sense of it in our head. It's called faith that helps us to make sense of it. God knows what we need way better than we do. Sit still so you can hear his voice. Allow him to purge you. You will not be his vessel unless he has purged away the dross. Proverbs 25.4 says, Take away the dross from the silver, and there shall come forth a vessel for the finer. Dross is the trash or the garbage, the refuge. At once a week, I take my trash down to the end of my driveway where the garbage man comes and picks it up. But you know what? The truth is every day I need to sit down and give my, take my trash out. Stop allowing those words of the devil or um, you know, whatever it may be. I know in most ladies' lives, let's just be honest, we're so busy and we're running 100 miles an hour. But the truth is we do what we want to do. And sadly, way too many times we allow television programs, um, coffee with our girlfriend where we're talking about everybody else in the church. And by the way, ladies, I'm going to remind you that gossip is an addiction. Negative speaking is an addiction. It releases the same endorphins as your brain, in your brain that gives a high, just like the endorphins that's released when somebody's smoking crack those same endorphins, and it's a different level, obviously, and it has different effects on us, but nevertheless, it gets harder and worse as time goes on. That's why we need to use our words to edify and to build up and to not tear down. But allow him to purge you. Allow him to get those, the dead skin off. Um, you know, you shine so much brighter when that dead skin is gone. Your nails look so much better when the cuticles are taken care of. And by all means, my feet feel so much better when those ingrown toenails are cut out. I can walk and it doesn't hurt if somebody steps on my toe like that and it makes me go through the roof. Allow him to purge you. Allow him to get out the impurities. And the last one is A. And here's what I'm here to tell you. When I sit down for that pedicure and they don't have to chase me all around, I gladly go in there and give them my $15 to get that pedicure. That little grandma lady, I love her. She takes, she, guess what she does? After she sits me down, after she takes off the nail polish or whatever if it's there, and then she does the purging and gets away all the painful stuff, you know what she does next? She gives me a foot massage. Let me tell you, amen, sister, that there's nothing like it. And it feels so, so good. And that feeling, that spa feeling, 
when she's all done and my toenails are painted if I have her paint them and all the ingrown toenails are gone and the calluses are gone and the dry skin around my feet, my heels are gone and my, she's put lotion on it and she's rubbed. I get that spa feeling and here's how, I'm here to tell you something. You can have that spa feeling all the time if you abide in him. Abide in his presence. Verse number 10 is the verse we're talking about. Verse number 10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Verse number 11 says, Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Um, God says you can have the spa filling all the time with my presence. You know, there's nothing like having the Holy Spirit speak to you. There's nothing like that inside persuasion that, but you've got to sit still. You've got to let him do the purging, and you've got to abide in him. Not just him in you, but you in him. And we'll talk in my last session today a little bit more about that. But one of my favorite verses in the Bible, you'll see it in my bathroom. I took a picture of a palm tree. I love palm trees. Um, but I have this verse written down, Psalm 71.3. Anybody here ever been to an all-inclusive resort? Oh, my one person. Girls, we got to get you out more. Two people. It's like my favorite thing in the world to be in a warm climate, all-inclusive. It's like on a cruise where the meals are all included. You don't have to look at how much something costs. Amen. You can just open the menu and pick up something you want. It doesn't, it doesn't matter which one. I, I have to open the menu. I'm just like you. I open the menu and look for the cheapest thing. Or I open the menu when I had kids and I look for something with chicken nuggets or, you know, french fries so that they could eat off my plate. You know, it's... But... Those all-inclusive resorts where, and I've only been once. I make it sound like I go all the time. I really need to go again. But you open it up and you, you can pick anything on the menu. You can even pick two of something or three of something. Or probably shouldn't, though. You need to stop and listen to the Holy Spirit tell you just one. But, you can, but it's all-inclusive. And that's what Jesus is, ladies. It's all-inclusive. Everything, it's all inclusive. My favorite verse that I love to turn to when I, especially in February, right? Is February the hardest month for you? It is for me. It's dreary in Illinois. It's the ugly snow is left. And we keep getting more and more of it. And it's dirty and it's gray skies. And it's like, and they're starting to put out spring clothes in the stores. And it's like, okay, I'm never going to get to wear that. You know, I'm going to be in these thick sweaters and scarves forever and boots and tights. And it just goes on and on. But this is my verse. Psalm 71.3, be thou, talking to God, my strong habitation, where I live, whereunto I may continually resort. That is my favorite resort of all time. And I love to go there. And I love to count my blessings. And I love to look at God's hand. And I love to see how he's working and what he's doing and what's going on. In my, it is my favorite resort. And I spit spend time sitting at his feet talking about all the great things that he's done and how he did this in this person's life and how he did this in this person's life or I read about the miracles in the Bible and the parting of the sea and I love that when that happens don't you hope when we get to heaven there's some things on video I do or something somehow where we can see what it really looked like because we envision it in our minds don't you I do when I'm reading the story I like picture this there's certain episodes 
I call them episodes. There's certain episodes that took place that I read about in the Bible that I want to like see it. I so wish I could have been a fly on the wall when Haman told King Ahasuerus all this stuff that he should do to somebody that the king wants to honor because Haman thought he was going to honor him. And so he went, he tells him all these grandeur things. Oh, you should put him on your horse and put on your crown and put on your robe and you should take him through the city and let everybody see they need to honor him because he thought it was going to be him. And King Ahasuerus was like, I like that idea. I like that. Okay, now go see that that's done to Mordecai. Can you imagine the color just drained out of his face? I just wish I, 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 wish I could see that. I hope it's on video. But can you imagine <laughs> when the, the parting of the sea and the, the children of Israel walked across on dry ground and then as the, the um, Egyptians are coming after them and the water covers over them. And do you know that they found the chariot wheels in the bottom and they found them down buried underneath the sand below? I don't need that to know God's word is true, but I just think I love when history or science proves God's word and it does all the time. Um, but I, I love that. And then, you know, my favorite part too is when they got to the other side, Miriam, one woman, one woman, grabbed her tambourine and all the women, all the women, followed after her, singing praises unto God. We need more Miriams in this world. We need a woman that will stand up and say, hey, let's go make some noise and let's talk about Jesus. You know, because there's way too many of us making noise and talking about other people. Or talking about our husbands. Or talking about our pastors. We need to be like Miriam and grab a tambourine. Yep, I said it, a tambourine. I'm not telling, I know, freaking you out and becoming all charismatic up here. Guess what? You need to make some noise and talk about Jesus and share it with everybody in your community because guess what will happen when you'll do that? The people in your community go, what's going on with her? <laughs> now, don't worry. Here's what they'll really do. They're going to go, there's something different about her. What's she got? I want what she has. Instead, we say nothing. And so Christians are getting ridiculed all the time. And we're, we've stuck our heads in the sand, and we're afraid to say anything. Grab a tambourine. Talk about Jesus. Talk about what he's doing. This is my favorite resort. This is where I love to go. But you know what? Sadly, the truth is that a lot of us like to live in the place, our habitation is the parts of our lives where pain exists, where troubles reside, and where life has left us bruised, battered, and worn. Like I said a few minutes ago, we live as victims. And I can go there. I can totally go there. And when I go there, and I don't do this often, I don't say these things out loud. So you're going to hear me say some things out loud that I don't normally say out loud because I don't give the devil time to let me dwell on these things. But the truth is, if I wanted to live there at that resort, I could dwell on the fact that my father passed away, that I was the last one to hold his hand when he went into eternity, and he couldn't talk to me, and he wanted to tell me something, and he couldn't. I could talk about my mom's illnesses and the fact that she now lives in my home, and I, I have a hard time meeting all of her needs because we have steps, and I really need to move into a new house, and we've been trying to sell our house, and we can't, and I need to move into a house where everything's on one level so it's easier for my mom. I could talk about the fact that my daughter was hit by a drunk driver head-on two years ago, and praise God, she's okay. But that man died on the scene, and it's left, a, it's left a scar in my daughter's life. 
and it's left some pain, and she's forever going to have trouble with her neck and have to have treatment. I could talk about my husband's diabetes and our insurance dilemmas and the fact that we can't afford insurance and we can't insurance and, and getting um, pr the prescription. My husband's on a diabetic pump and those little bottles of insulin cost enormous amounts of money and we're constantly having to find new programs to try to help us get the medicine he needs to stay alive. I could talk about the, the fact that the one and only time I spoke to my biological mother, the one and only time I heard her voice, when I called her, she heard who I was, and this is the only words I ever heard my mother say, was hello and oh my God, click. The loudest click I've ever heard in my life, most painful click I've ever heard in my life. I could talk about the fact that I'm a middle child and I'm the only one my parents gave away. I have an older brother and a younger sister, who by the way I've now met, and neither one of them know the Lord, and they live very different lifestyles than me. I could talk about all these things. I could talk about my mother-in-law who now has Alzheimer's and she doesn't know who we are half the time. And I'm watching my father-in-law having to learn to deal with it. I could talk about those five students who are so heavy on my heart who are away from God and I tried everything to get them to come back. And I'm not going to say their names because there's people in here that are going to know them. I could dwell on those things. I could live in that resort and it would be painful, and it would be depressing, and it would be discouraging, and I would have a hard time picking up a tambourine and talking about Jesus. But I'm not going to live there. Yes, this is my infirmity, but I will dwell on the right hand of the Most High God. You know why? Because he knows the end of my story. I don't, but I trust him. He is so trustworthy. I guarantee you when Esther was was taken captive and was in that harem, even though she's called the queen, she basically was, you know, she was kidnapped as a young girl, placed in a harem, had to live with this bipolar king that you never know what he's going to be like from day to day, extremely emotional, extremely um, bad temper, changes his mind. I mean, her head could have come off this fast. She had no idea what was going to happen to her or her people. She did not know the end of her story. And I know you don't know the end of yours either, nor do, I do, nor do I know mine. But the truth is, if I'll sit still, I'll allow him to purge, and I'll abide in him. I can live in that resort that's all-inclusive, that I can trust him no matter what comes my way, no matter my circumstances. Because the Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength, and whom I will trust, my buckler, the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. Psalm 71, 6 says, By thee have I been holding up from the womb. Thou art he that took me out of my mother's bowels. My praise shall be continually of me, of thee. You know, I don't know why, but he knows why. And I trust him. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. Psalm 71, 8 says, Ladies, I'm here to tell you that you will not experience his presence unless you take the time to abide in him. And there is nothing like his presence that gives you the peace that passes all understanding. It make, doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense when you can have a huge smile on your face, even though you're going through the biggest trial of your life. But do you know what that is? That's God. That's what he can do. That's what he can do when you spend time at his spa. When you sit at his feet, when you allow him to purge, and when you abide in him. 
Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. You can go to the spa today. I can be renewed today. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I love you so much, and I thank you for your word. I thank you for your love for me. I thank you for the love for these ladies in this room. Lord, I don't know what they're going through, but Lord, there's this many women. I, I know without a doubt there's some heavy hearts in this room, whether it's a child that's gone astray or a different diagnosis at the doctor's office or um, bills that can't be paid that you're still trying to figure out what to do. Lord, I don't know. I don't know what's going. I don't know what trial they have, but I'm, I'm so thankful. I don't have to know. You know them all. And you know how their story is going to end. Father God, we love you so much. Help us to spend time at the spa. Help us to all learn to be still, to sit still, to hear from you. Help us to allow you to purge what needs to be purged, to get rid of those things in our life that's not pleasing to you, no matter if they seem good or not. And Lord, help us to abide in you. In your precious name I pray, amen.